you know, I have to admit that even I have, have fallen prey to some of that stuff because, you know, it's, it's this way of thinking you get into where it's like, well, this is probably bullshit, but what if it's not? Okay, hello and welcome to The Comedian and the Philosopher, a conversation both high and lowbrow. I am your resident philosopher, Duncan Gale. And I am your water-retentive comedian, Mike Leibovitz. So on this episode, yeah, oh man, we talked about so much stuff. We, uh, we talked about uh, the end of Black History Month and uh, some interesting um, aspects of uh, well-intentioned white people uh, doing bad things um yeah we we did we talked some more about gina carano cancel culture the guy who played hercules uh yeah, kevin, kevin sorbo. sorbo yeah we talked about bill maher we reminisced some about oberlin college and the political climate both when we were there and in relation to yeah i guess we didn't really talk about it now but we uh, our touchstone was this uh was this a Black History Month musical celebration there? So we get into that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Also some good talk about the influence of drugs on uh, voting. That's right. Um, which brought us uh, home to a uh, another strong exploration of, of free will. Yeah, yeah. We talk about free will uh, a little bit more. But, hey, we're going to keep talking about it uh, next week as well. So. Yeah, stay tuned. That's right. This is the the second installment of our Free Willy Trilly. So That's stay right. tuned. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's water retention because the scale said I weighed more today than I did yesterday, and yet I ate so very little. So either, um, you know, I'm on this new map, and either I follow its instructions, I stay in its calorie goals, right? So like... Mm-hmm. You know, I tell it what I ate. It tells me how many calories I have left. And and I keep getting fatter. So either it is lying to me or I am lying to it. And I'm not sure right. which. Right, right. Interesting. Interesting. Wow, that's a that's a real battle of battle of which you're having with your with your scale there. Wow. Yeah, well, and with the app, too. I mean, it really is. I feel yeah. like it's like organic human intelligence versus the uh, versus the AI. And I no, don't know. No. <laughs> I, I, I think the creation may have surpassed the creator. Not that I created AI, but my kind did, you know, so. Sure. Um, I, I feel like it's smarter than me. <laughs> well, speaking of AI, artificial intelligence and, and being smart, yeah, you know, uh, going to... Natural intelligence, you know, I thought uh, that we might just start off with um, 
a, um, a brief quiz. And before I but, but before I ask you this question, Mike, I just just want to let you know that th this actually is a pretty difficult question. So you know, um, don't feel bad if you don't know it. But you know, we both um, we both study German a little bit, and um, I have just encountered this uh, new German word, and uh, I'm curious to see if when when I read it out to you, you might have any idea what it means. Um, so okay, this is a very specific quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mindestabstandregelung. Um, can you repeat the uh, question? The word. <laughs> sure. The sure. So the word is, and this, yeah, this is this is all one word because that's how they do it in German. They that's just, how they do it, they baby. Just, yeah. they, they just shove words together. So this is. Mindestabstand. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't even say it. Mindestabstandsregelung. Mindestabstandsregelung. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Does it mean? Um, I mean, I don't know what any of the component parts <laughs> of the word mean, so that's okay. going to make okay. it hard for me. But but uh, I'm going to okay. I'm going to make a guess. Um, sure. Mindest. Does that mean minimum? Uh, it does, yeah, good, good. So, Abstand, mm -hmm. uh, minimum, I don't know, minimum height requirement? I have no idea. What does it mean? <laughs> uh, necessary but not sufficient? Uh, I don't so, know. Yeah, so you are, you are correct that uh, Mindest is uh, minimum. Abstand is uh, distance. And then Regelung, I think, is just like rule or regulation. And so... This ah. is the German term for social distancing. Mindestabstand. Mindestabstandsregelung. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds so much more harsh and uh, authoritative, <laughs> doesn't it? Don't you feel like yeah. if instead of social distance we call it Mindestabstandsregelung, people would do it? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Jawohl. You must obey. Yes. When people speak in clipped staccato phrases that's uh, much more menacing than our American laziness. Maybe that explains um, uh, the social compliance during the Holocaust that, uh, you know, that, um, <laughs> that Milgram et al. studied, you know, the right, authoritarian right. Uh, personality and all that. Perhaps it was, uh, perhaps there's a linguistic component to it, where it's just the sounds yeah. of the words you know, right, right. Juden raus. Oh yes, okay. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's just more more convincing, more more authoritative linguistically somehow, acoustically. Well, Mike, that that, that uh, was an uh, interesting point that you just made, but unfortunately, you made an analogy to the Holocaust, and so uh, I'm I'm afraid the powers that be are telling me that uh, you're going to have to be dismissed from this podcast. Um, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we yeah. Can't have, we cannot we can't compare have anything to the Holocaust. No, no, I'm sorry. <sighs> well, cancel culture <laughs> claims another victim. Yeah. We keep we, we keep it up with this cancel culture, I tell you, Duncan. Eventually, we're just going to cancel culture. <laughs> That's right. Kultur ist cancelled. <laughs> Kultur nicht wieder. <laughs> We're going to alienate the uh, remaining four uh, regular listeners that we have by uh, 
<laughs> speaking in a language that they neither can nor care to comprehend. <laughs> you can't cancel us, baby. We cancel ourselves. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, the the Holocaust metaphor thing is really, um, really wild to me mm-hmm. because yeah. um, I make analogies to the Holocaust all the time. It's just like the simplest shortcut to, you know, uh, you know, as an analogy for like, oh, what the, this could lead somewhere we don't want to go. Right. Right. Um, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people make analogies also just to, you know, Hitler and stuff. And yeah, yeah. And there's actually a, a term that, that people have started using a uh, reductio ad Hitlerum, which is just you know when you when you reduce any argument to to something that has to do with Hitler and you know and it's it's um, I think there's some sort of principle that every internet argument will eventually come to that. Um, yeah, but to know. me that seems like um, like a fallacious way to dismiss an argument just because it uses just because it does reduce to a Hitler comparison doesn't mean right. that the comparison isn't useful or valid. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I th- I think as we've as we've talked about in in previous episodes, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with um, making an analogy to the Holocaust or Hitler. It's just at this point, it's gotten kind of hacky. And uh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, you know, there are certain things which are, you know, just well trodden territory which you know it's i guess you could come up with another analogy just for the sake of doing it but right. you know uh to say you know that the sun rises in the east it's like right. well that's fucking hack people have said that you know <laughs> for millennium but you know it's like okay well fine then we say it rises left when you're facing north you know i mean i don't know like you have to think of a new way to say something that's just yeah. universally true yeah, this 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 is this is reminding me of a of a phrase I think I heard from uh, the great uh, Patton Oswalt. Uh, the truth is hack. The truth is hack. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's that's pretty good. And I just yeah. want to self-correct: uh, the east would be to the right when you're facing north, and I just said to the left before. So. Oh yeah, uh, didn't even notice. Huh. But thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We well, I mean, we won't get any letters about that. Okay, yeah. Good. Maybe that's why we're not getting so much correspondence because we uh, <laughs> insist on people writing in through the uh, USPS. Uh, maybe we should give them our email address. It's the comedian and the philosopher at gmail.com. That way you don't have to send us a letter in the mail. And uh, that's right. you know, it'll be a more timely way to communicate. I hear the kids are doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, the uh, latest craze. And, uh, you know, the uh, post office right now is having some issues. So do it electronically. Yeah, but um, going back to Hitler comparisons, I uh, yeah. do you remember in improv school there was an uh-huh. exercise that we did a lot called uh, I forget it's called heightening, and yeah. and uh, you would uh, the um, I think the shorthand for it was Doctor Priest President, right? So you would take a um, a behavior that was inappropriate in some situation, like two people in the scene are you know maybe, maybe someone in the scene is. Uh, is, uh, you know, just like keeps dro- dropping things on the floor, right? So right. then you would heighten that by putting that same behavior in these places where it doesn't belong, you know, where it's mm-hmm. even more inappropriate. So the first would be like, oh, your keys, doctor. 
you know, right, and then it would right. be like, oh, your keys, uh, Mr. President, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, oh, your your keys, your excellency, whatever, to right, to right. make the base behavior even more ridiculous in these, or, you know, you'd go um, pilot or you'd go astronaut or whatever. Um, sure. So to me, the, the Hitler comparison is basically like that exercise, mm-hmm. where it's just sort of this like rote thing that, sure, it is kind of hack, but it's like such a useful tool that... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you understand why people do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to make that comparison. I just wanted to sure. compare that comparison to a different comparison <laughs> that we're both familiar Thank with. You. Thank yeah. you. Lovely, lovely. So, yeah, how has your uh, week been, Mike? Duncan, I have just been – I don't know what's going on. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, have, I have just been this past week – I have just completely immersed myself in the algorithm um, I had taken mm-hmm. basically for the um, for, since I guess a year ago, you know, when everything shut down and uh, my job was canceled, not because of anything I said, but because of the virus. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, just sort of put my head down and I took just kind of like a mental health break and just focused on, you know, selling drugs to support my family. Yep. And that was just kind of my my main driving thing. And I didn't go online. I didn't do anything. And um, just recently, I've had this realization that, like, um, you know, maybe I want to live in this world, this um, uh, this uh, Patrice O'Neill world, you know, where where you develop your comedy career by, like, you know, just hanging out and killing at all the clubs in New York until you get noticed and you get put on TV and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but mm-hmm. just like this, you know, and like, oh, I don't want to do all and just kind of like deriding the YouTube people and the. Instagram people and has just kind of like, oh yeah, but like when they go on stage, you know, they're, but they're no, they're no good on stage. And then right. just sort of having this realization that like those people were right the whole time. And like mm-hmm. managing my social media is like actually like n- not just like an option, but like it's my right. job. Like that's sure. my job sure. to do that. Like that's what yeah, a comedian yeah. is now. And I'm right. a comedian, so that's my job. And I basically haven't been doing my job. <laughs> so um, I've just been having fun with, like, learning, like, can I post a video to Reels? Like, how does TikTok work? Can I get, uh, you know, how do I get uh, subtitles or captions on a video? Just, like, trying to learn all this stuff that I should have learned um, six years ago. And so I've just been, like, swimming in uh, in the algorithm and just sort of like melding with the AI and it's like it's really it's kind of a mind fuck uh-huh like you um, <clears throat> first of all it's much more sophisticated um, than you know w- whatever it was you know when it first came out the timeline used mm-hmm. to just be chronological you'd like stuff whatever but now it's just like really curating people's reality and, mm-hmm. and the algorithm is like, the algorithm knows you so well. Like sometimes I feel lost. I'm like, oh, I don't even know who I am. And then I'll sit down on Instagram and it'll show me, you know, an ad for, um, for uh, you know, f- how to get in shape over 40. And an yeah. ad for like uh, ketogenic snacks. And an ad for like how to boost your, um, your creative content. And I put all these things together and I go, oh, that's who I am. I am an overweight, middle-aged man who's struggling to connect. All right. Sure. So, 
Um, I do recommend that for anyone who's like having an identity crisis. Like if you want to know who you are, just go on Instagram and it'll tell you who you are because uh, right. it knows. And, and TikTok is even more. It's so aggressive. Have you been on TikTok? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, my, uh, my, my, uh, my, my uh, girlfriend sends me TikTok videos all the time. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, TikTok is great. It sort of like answers that burning philosophical question, what if Instagram were even more annoying? Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just open it up and it's just like blaring it right away. Just like in your fucking face, like no, just like sensory overload. I think it's like making people autistic because it is, it's just like it gives you like, I just want like a heavy blanket. Um, yeah. when it turns on. But uh, it's just fascinating how it's like that one is just all about the algorithm. It used to be like your friends would like something and it would get bumped up the algorithm. But that thing just like is constantly sending me videos like you want to know how to hack the algorithm? This is what you do. One, make sure to post three times a day. Two, make sure (laughs) that you're using some of the trending music. Three, look at other what other people are doing and do that. Four, always be authentic. And you're just like, what What the fuck is this? And it's just like, it's so weird that the algorithm is teaching you how to beat the algorithm. It feels like a trick. Right. Oh, yeah. No, it's all uh, it's all part of a larger algorithm. That's Yeah. 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 And, and it, it, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, it's wild. It really is. It's it's a wild, wild time. But um, you know, that's just that's just sort of what I've been doing. I've been having fun with it, though. I mean, it's just like sure, you know, just like not being able to do comedy. It's like oh, I can do comedy, and just like stressing out, like ah, I don't want to learn all this shit. But it's just like, well, I'm a comedian, so just like tell a joke and then just like make it visual, and you know, it's just like breaking it down into these little pieces has been fun. I've been having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Well, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, posting videos on um, on social media, I think that's become part of many people's jobs, uh, including uh, philosophers as well. Yeah. I, mean, uh-huh. I think uh, I think the most the most popular philosophers these days are the ones that are that are also. Yeah, posting stuff uh, all the time. I mean, not necessarily on TikTok, but yeah, definitely on on uh, YouTube. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, there are extensive um, YouTube channels of of philosophers with all kinds of content and stuff. So you know, I guess that's something I need to start getting on. I mean, aside from posting the videos that I need to do for the actual job that I get paid for, I'm I'm gonna have to start doing social media stuff as well yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean i think that's just like we are sort of entering you know this kind of alternate reality i mean one of the things that i was trying to explore in one of my one of my uh, instagram reels was the idea that um the gods were probably Mm -hmm. as freaked out by us as we are by the ai and at the time that the gods created humans Probably some of them were saying like, well, we have the technology, let's do it. And then other of the gods were saying like, oh, I don't know, just because we have the technology, that doesn't mean that we should use it, you know. And that so now um, 
you know, eventually this has already happened. Once you open it, you know, it's Pandora's box. You can't like uncreate humanity. And they've tried floods and famine and pestilence and war. And still we persevere to this point where we don't even believe in the gods anymore. And, right, right. and, and I, you know, I, I'm sure that the AI will evolve to a point where it no longer believes in humans anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea being like that, that, you know, like after we're gone and the AI thinks it was superstition that they ever believed in us. Right. <laughs> that, that's when they will have finally replaced us. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mind bending. And I didn't even smoke any weed. I just came up with that <laughs> shit. I just came up with that shit on that trip. I can't smoke weed anymore, Duncan. Do you smoke weed oh, yeah. or no? No, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, you know, experimented with the uh, edibles, but those are like way too powerful. <laughs> those are like frightening. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, the, the edible is this weird thing because, you know, it's just like, you know, it's some, weed is something that can cause an anxiety anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. like weird mm-hmm. to like, you know, take take a drug that causes anxiety and, you know, by just like wondering how much you just took. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're just yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is the drug that caused four out of my last five panic attacks. Okay. Well, I, right, I guess right. a mystery dose of that should be good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, just yeah, who knows know. when it'll start or if it'll ever end, you know, this will, we could just have our little go out for our evening walk and play that fun game. Hey, why is everyone looking at me? It'll be a good time. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, the only stuff that I can handle these days is, I mean, you know, I get that uh, CBD honey uh, sometimes. And, you know, people talk about how CBD, that's like the stuff that, that, that that's like the ingredient in, in uh, um, um, marijuana that just like keeps you calm or something or, or, or like reduces your anxiety. But like it doesn't have any kind of intoxicating effect or anything like that. Well, uh, the CBD honey that I get, um, either they're putting something else in there, or it does have an uh, intoxicating effect on me. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. But it's like, uh, it's like, you know, more, more sort of manageable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Duncan. I mean, I've never yeah. tried the mm-hmm. CBD honey, and I've certainly never tried yeah, yeah. your CBD honey. But sure. uh, yeah. mm-hmm. how do you feel? Um, do you ever feel sort of giddy and intoxicated after just eating honey? Um, like, do you get a sugar high? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good uh, question. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, probably, um, I would say to 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 a certain extent. But I mean, definitely after like after, and and, and I mean, it it uh, definitely takes a while. Like, it takes at least at least an hour or more. After I've had a spoonful of this CBD honey, it's like, oh, this is. I feel, I feel, I feel different. Yeah. So, 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 nice. so, so I mean, it's, it's, it's not. It, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not an uh, instant thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have to try some of that honey. Maybe yeah. I'll be able no, to handle it's, it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, um, I used to like to smoke weed when I would take Adderall because. Uh-huh the Adderall sort of like the, it would, it would keep you focused and alert, but still you could retain that sort of weed headed, um, 
uh, logic or thinking, mm-hmm. you know, which is yeah, just yeah. sort of like skewed perspective, which is often, uh, you know, useful. Um, but then weed by itself, like I just like, oh, I'll have some interesting thought and then I lost it and I can't remember it. And then then after it sort of wears off, then I'm useless. And um, yeah, I sort of like don't like Adderall if I'm not smoking weed and I don't like smoking weed if I'm not taking Adderall and I've sort of decided not to take Adderall so I basically don't smoke weed either. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've never uh I've never taken Adderall. Um I know that that was a very popular drug when we were in uh, college uh both for people who were prescribed it and for other people that just wanted to take it because they needed to like write a paper in a night or something like that yeah yeah it allows you to power through it's an it's an amphetamine yeah so it's yeah. just mm-hmm. a it's a strong stimulant it's it's still pretty popular um okay it is yeah well, yeah yeah yeah, yeah just maybe in, <laughs> in different circles sure sure well that's fun but um but yeah, going back for a second to what you were talking about, about uh, philosophers posting online and how you should do uh-huh. that. I think a lot of the, um, you know, sort of public intellectuals, uh, actually all of them, mm-hmm. um, are online. And that's how they become popular public oh, sure. intellectuals, right? You know, Jordan Peterson oh, or mm-hmm. Sam Harris or whoever. These people are all, you know, yep, Thomas yep. Chatterton Williams, whoever it is. I mean, they're all posting mm-hmm. online. Is the is is that a, a real person or is that a name? Thomas name? Chatterton Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. He studies race, and I don't know exactly oh, okay. what he does. But yeah, he's a he's a real person. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> as far as I can tell, I don't know. Maybe he's a deep fake. I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's the uh, the best way to um, get in touch with people these days is, um, yeah, online. And, uh, you know, someday there will be uh, there will be no books. Um, there yeah. will just be YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah. Of just like pages of a book turning. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so much of this stuff is bullshit, though. I see some of these um, like entrepreneurs online. And they're uh-huh. like, especially in these one-minute TikTok videos, they're like, I'm going to show you how to flip a house. This is how you do it. This is how I made $100,000 from $15,000. Right. It's like, did you or did you make all that money <laughs> making uh, TikTok videos? Right, right. <laughs> What's your real income source here? I mean, are you just like right. sharing this out of the good of your heart? Or it's like even those books like where they're like the books about financial success. It's like – right. Is is the secret that you're not saying in the book to like write a book and convince people that they need to buy it? Is that the key to financial success? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it definitely does does always ring kind of false when people write books about that, and it's like, well, yeah, if you're successful enough, yeah, what, why why do you also feel the need to, uh, yeah, come out with this book and and sell that as well? Yeah, so. Right. And it's, you know, they always say, well, I just want to share this information. It's like, okay, but you're still like accepting the money, right? Right, right. Sure, sure. Definitely, definitely. Well, you know, I mean, the only one of those people that I completely trust is that guy that wore that um, 
that suit with like all of the dollar bills on it uh-huh. uh, that uh, you know ran around like a maniac uh, around like <laughs> in front of the Capitol building saying like you can get money from the government you can get you can get five hundred dollars to write a novel <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> which somehow doesn't seem like quite enough money to write a novel. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You need more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I remember that guy. He would like dress like the Riddler and laugh like a maniac and the Dollar Riddler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was it was almost like it was like a it was like a, 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 a like parody sketch comedy thing. But it was like, no, no, this is this is real. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, yeah, people that have that kind of insane. Um, way of doing things they can make money from from that yeah yeah no i i like to think about the people watching those commercials usually they're on late at night right? right and i just like to think of people watching just be like this guy has got it figured out this this guy must know what he's talking how else could he afford a suit with made out of money this guy must right. this guy must be the real deal i gotta get right, that book right, right now well you know i mean life around you know, I have to admit that even I have, have fallen prey to some of that stuff because, you know, it's it's this way of thinking you get into where it's like, well, this is probably bullshit, but what if it's not? You know, yeah. I mean, just, just, just that, just that, you know, that, that, that slight possibility that maybe it's not bullshit, you know, so... That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the road to the slippery slope is paved with wishful thinking, isn't it? <laughs> wow, that is, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I just came up with that on the fly. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it two months yeah. ago. I've been waiting for an opportunity to say it. I'm a fraud. Uh, oh, you hack. Um, don't, you, we, uh, don't compare me to a hack. You sound like Hitler. All right. <laughs> what, look at this comedy Nazi over here, huh? Yeah, yeah, right, right. <clears throat> um, okay, well, yeah, so, you know, we are uh, recording this on March 2nd, so, you know, Black History Month is over, um, so you no longer, uh, all, all of you well-intentioned white people, you uh, no longer have to pretend to be allies um but uh, you no longer have to pretend to be allies but that's right <laughs> you should still in your heart be actual allies that's right okay good good we uh turned that around but yeah so you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> in terms of some sort of reflections that i had on the end of black history month yeah there was this um article that i saw um, yeah, this was a high school, um, in Virginia, in my, in my home state of Virginia, actually. Yeah. I, I, I forget where exactly in Virginia it was. I'm not sure if the article says, but yeah, there's a, there is a, a high school student in Virginia who, um, chose, um, Candace Owens, um, to focus on as a black trailblazer, uh, for, uh, for their uh, Black History Month uh, project. And uh, basically, um, the school uh, the school basically said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, there was, a big, there was a big outcry about it. I guess they had some sort of assignment where they had to pick a, a 
a black trailblazer and do um, do a some kind of project on them. Yeah, yeah. And there was this sort of massive blowback mm-hmm. um, because um, it, because this uh, because Candace Owens, while she is black, doesn't uh, fit with the um, prevailing. Um, politically correct agenda, I suppose, or mindset of the... That's right, yes. This this article describes her as a vocal Trump supporter and critic of Black Lives Matter. And so those two things uh, yeah, are not uh, in line, I guess, with what, um, what people would want uh, somebody to pick uh, somebody for Black History Month. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean... You know, so I read this article too, and it left me with um, it left me with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one hand, it does it does seem on the surface of it like sort of like you know woke overreach in terms of you know kind of thought policing, and it, it has a sort of ring of like that of of that Biden. If you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Kind of uh, right. sentiment to it. Um, right. Right. On the other hand, there were a few questions that I felt like it didn't answer. The article, mm-hmm. that is. One of which sure. is, uh, the student who picked it, right. white or black? Does not say. Well, no. Well, no um, I thought the article said that the, that, that the uh, student was black. Oh, um, did it? Okay. I guess I missed that. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's, it says the student is a member of the school's black student union. Um, doesn't well, I guess say that, that, that. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean the student is black. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, because I mean, you could sort of see if uh, if it were a white student who chose Candace Owens as their as as their um, you know black trailblazer to do a project on. It's, it's, you know, some people could see it like, okay, white student is forced to do uh, to profile you know do a profile in courage of a black person, uh, right. and, and they choose Uncle Tom. You know, or, right, uh, right. Sure. you know, yeah. so that could be like, all right, well, you're following the letter of the law here, but that's not really the spirit. Um, right, right. Mm-hmm. And it sort of reminds me, my dad used to have to do current events reports in school. And he said that, uh-huh. you know, every week he would choose like to do a report on the um, on the boxing matches at uh, Madison Square Garden. And mm, it was just sort yeah. of like the teacher would be like, well, Okay, I mean, I guess that is something that happened last week, but, you know. Right, right. And this is still my father's great shame to this day. He feels ashamed of this, you know, 60 years later. Oh, really? 70 yeah. years later, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting because this actually reminds me of when I was in high school. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it was in, like, my, my government class um, that I took when I was a, I was a senior in high school. And... Yeah, I think I had to do a report on some prominent um, black politician, and you know, growing up in uh, Virginia at the t- at the time when I did, you know, I, I mean, somebody that I heard a lot about was um, um, Marion Barry, uh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> oh man, mayor the crack of, smoking mayor of yeah, Washington yeah, 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 the 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 uh, the the bitch the, uh, set me up. That, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's his. That's his famous catchphrase. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he, he. He. was the mayor of Washington D.C. in like the 
the late 80s, early 90s, yeah, which was, you know, the, the, the uh, height of the crack, ep- uh, yeah, the, uh, crack epidemic in uh, D.C. as well. And he was, uh, he was caught smoking crack. He went to jail. He got out of jail. He was elected mayor of D.C. again. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, it's a pretty amazing comeback story. So you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I just, I, I just like chose Marion Barry, and um, <laughs> and like I told my parents that I was that, that I was uh, planning on doing the report on Marion Barry, and they were like, no, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Choose uh-huh. somebody else. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I did a little more research, and I found this other guy, Alan Keyes. Uh-huh. And so I ended up doing my report on him, and arguably Alan Keyes is uh, an uh, even more problematic, <laughs> um, yeah, black yeah. person. Because, yeah, yeah, because he was. Uh, yeah, uh, Alan Keyes is a prominent uh, conservative. Uh, and, He's much yeah, more yeah, like he, Candace Owens than Marion Barry, really. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he was the Republican candidate for Senate against uh, Barack Obama. Barack Obama, actually, and he in, got like twelve percent of the vote or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, that, so yeah, I'm not sure if I if I committed the same um, crime as uh, this student did, but uh, well, I did I I did it back in the '90s, which was um, there was a less, less of a spotlight fun. on it. Although yeah. you know, I mean, <clears throat> nothing, uh, no no uh, no event is too far in the past. It seems that's um, true. That's that true. could come back yeah. to haunt you that you did a report in what grade was it? This was uh, in twelfth uh, grade, yeah, my uh, in, senior year. Yeah. Oh, you are you are a uh, legal adult. Oh yeah, know, doing Absolutely. a report on Alan Keyes as a profile in Courage. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You might not want to post those uh, those philosophy videos online because you know people will dredge that up and come after you if you get too big. Uh oh, watch out. <laughs> but that's interesting, you know, because those are two. So so you were originally going to do your report on um <clears throat> on Marion Barry and then were yeah. dissuaded from doing that and you did it on on uh Alan Keyes. I feel like yeah. now so the 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 problem with Alan Keyes is that he has views that are out of step with the prevailing culture. Mm-hmm. And the problem with uh Alan Keyes is that he was a uh crackhead. Um Marion Barry. Yeah. Mar- I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. The yeah, problem yeah. with Marion mm-hmm. Barry was that right, he was a crackhead, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yep. And mm-hmm. um, it sort of seems like now the more inspirational story would be the Marion Barry story, who right. was you could portray as a victim of an unjust war on drugs. Sure. Um, who then went on to you know find redemption for whatever you know his drug problem was and and come back and still persevere. The, the drug problem not being a flaw in character but being a sort of mental disorder or right, a, right. you know i mean it really is actually i feel like now your parent you would say i'm going to do my book report on candace owens so they say no don't do that and you'd say okay fine i'll do it on yeah. marion barry right and right. they'd say there you go so it's just yeah, interesting not, how yeah. this stuff shifts i mean it really Definitely. i really feel like that's i'm not exaggerating yeah, oh yeah definitely definitely well yeah yeah uh, yeah i think um yeah, from from a uh, distance, yeah, I think Marion Barry's um, story does look like like a somewhat uh, inspirational story. But yeah, I mean, living living where I did at the time, yeah, I mean, he was he was kind of looked at as um, 
a fairly comical sort of character. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like you could do your report on a firebrand or a punchline. You know, right, right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? I th- who I think did a lot to rehabilitate Marion Barry's reputation is Tom Ford. Oh yeah. Do you remember Tom Ford? I don't. Tom Ford was the mayor of Toronto in, okay. oh, in yeah. sort oh, of like yeah. okay. the uh, like the you know 2008 ish. He was a guy who looked like uh, Chris uh, Farley, right? He looked like Chris Farley, and he yeah, also yeah. smoked crack. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and there were like videos of him smoking crack, and he was right. basically just like, "Yeah, who doesn't smoke a little crack from time to time?" You know, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. was what he said. <laughs> Um, you know so like at least he made it clear it's not a race thing you know it's like although he didn't have to go to jail so maybe that's white privilege maybe Tom Ford is the perfect embodiment of white white privilege right right yeah yeah there you go there you go Um, but I mean so yeah yeah and uh, speaking of white privilege um, so one other thing that hits upon um, Black History Month that I wanted to uh, touch upon was, uh, yeah, I think I sent you this. So um, this is something that um, relates to our uh, alma mater. Uh, both, uh, both you and I, we, we attended Oberlin College, uh, which uh, is, uh, I think it's fair to f- say, uh, a very, uh, a very woke school, uh, very very liberal school prides itself on uh, progressive politics and um and all of that and um yeah it was actually the the first um the first uh, college in the united states to admit black students um, that's right in the 19th century it was like i that's think it right. was it was during the civil war when that's it, right was yeah, it yeah. 1864 is that right I yeah I think it I think it might have been before the uh, the uh, before the Civil uh, War Civil War well, well yeah I mean I mean Oberlin was founded in 1833 I think and, okay, and, and I think yeah. I, I think from the very beginning yeah they admitted uh, students regardless of, 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 of color okay yeah yeah and yeah. And, and they also and, and it was also the first college to grant degrees to women as well so, right so yeah so yeah yeah and very, the first college to have co-educational dorms yeah yeah so much later you know, very very um, forward-thinking uh, school. So yeah, um, <laughs> there yeah. This, this shit was uh, embarrassing, man. This yeah, was yeah, yeah. This this is this is a this is a pretty funny. Yeah. So 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 yeah. There was a um, a concert at the at the Oberlin Conservatory. Um, well, well, yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, I guess it was a um, um, virtual uh, concert, of course, because that's how they do things now. But yeah, yeah. So th- this was a virtual recital. And uh, yeah, and the poster, it says a celebration of black artistry, and then it has uh, text. It's it's works by William Grant Still, Jeffrey Mumford, and Chevalier de Saint George. And uh, so these are these are all uh, black composers. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So it's um, that's that's great and everything, but then it shows a picture of the five musicians who are going to actually be performing this material and all five of these musicians are white uh, right and and so what what, what what you see on this poster is a celebration of black artistry and pictures of five white people <laughs> and yeah 
yeah, and 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 it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, the 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 works are by black composers, but it doesn't actually show the pictures of them. And unless you're pretty familiar with contemporary classical music, which I'm not, uh, you would not necessarily recognize the names of of, of these uh, of these composers. So it's just. You see all of these white people, a celebration of black artistry. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it's Sunday, February 28th, which means yeah. that that these five white people waited until the last day of Black History Month to finally yep. celebrate black artistry. I mean, it almost, right. it almost looks like a concession. <laughs> I can't believe nobody said like, hey, maybe no pictures, you know, when they're making right. a poster. That nobody was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think text is fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, either, I, yeah, either no pictures or, yeah, you know, maybe pictures of the black artists that we're actually celebrating, rather. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, at the very least, in conjunction with these other pictures. You know what? I like to think that they had pictures of the com- black composers. And right. they had the the five um, white performers, and they mm-hmm. were gonna, you know, they were submitted it for review before posting it. And someone said, you know, it looks a little busy. Let's lose some of the pictures, and right, they right. Uh, <laughs> they lost the wrong ones. Right, right. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's interesting because I mean, you know, if you really reflect upon the kind of content of it itself, I I, I mean, there's something, you know, I guess. Um, positive about the fact that yeah a bunch of white people are going to get together and play the music of black composers i mean that's that's fine but i mean that's kind of the history of the music business if you think about it that's right that's right (laughs) but just the 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 actual visual symbolism of it uh really uh rings false yeah so at least they're you know at least they're they're calling it black music now i mean you know it um You know, you never saw a record cover that said um, Elvis Presley plays the black hits or anything like That's that. That's true. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Elvis Presley <laughs> appropriates the style of black artists you've never heard of for his own financial gain. You never. That's right. That's they never right. said that. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So, did you? Yeah. I, I'm curious how you came across uh-huh. this this picture. Did you just like see it on Facebook, like because you're part of some Oberlin Facebook group or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm just part of like the Oberlin alumni community. Yeah, and this was posted, and yeah, and it was posted with with, with just people saying, "Oh, come on, Oberlin Conservatory, you really blew it." Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like. <clears throat> so it wasn't. It, so you saw people already drawing attention to like how obviously uh incongruous the image is with the text oh yeah 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 definitely definitely yeah i mean i think it's yeah that is that is what is most amazing about it yeah because you know yeah again i i i i I can't even imagine how like yeah the people designing this poster didn't immediately notice oh wait This is what uh, this is what they used to call back in what feels like the ancient history of the internet, but was just a few years ago, uh, an right. epic fail. Epic fail, yes. Remember Absolutely. epic fails. Epic fail, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is a term that yeah you uh, don't really hear anymore, but yeah, it seems like it's still 
pretty appropriate for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I wonder if there's some new term for <clears throat> epic fail. I haven't heard it. If there is. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. But if you know what it is, please send us a letter to the comedian and the philosopher at gmail.com. Yes. And yes. Any of our any of our uh, younger generation listeners want to get us up to date on the uh, the lingo please let us know i'm trying to think you know it's like um i loved oberlin when when we were there i got to do a lot of really cool stuff but oh, every yeah, time oberlin is in the news mm -hmm. um, it's in some embarrassing context yeah yeah it does uh it does seem that way yeah yeah and like yeah whenever um Whenever I hear Oberlin referenced on on TV shows, yeah, yeah, I mean it's 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 uh, always like some kind of shorthand, like um, like I I, uh, I remember there was an episode of The uh, Sopranos where um, yeah, uh, Tony Soprano's son was like getting really into like existential philosophy in his school, and and yeah, and they make some some comment about like well yeah his uh, his his teacher is from uh, Oberlin yeah so you know he's polluting his mind with all of this this weird uh you know avant-garde philosophical ideas and stuff so yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it was a good place though it it was very like um i don't know yeah just very like em embarrassingly one-sided politically but that's uh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were there during the uh, 2000 election. That's uh, that's uh, how old we are for our listeners. And um, yeah. And back during the 2000 election. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, I'm sure you probably remember, Mike, the question uh, that uh, everybody was asking are, who are you voting for, Al Gore or Ralph Nader? Right, right, right. Those were the two choices. Yeah. Those were the two choices, <laughs> Gore and Nader. I told you, the first time I ever voted um, was there at Oberlin, and I was on acid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course I, you were. <laughs> yeah. I had been up all night, and, uh, you know, I, we took acid at, like, midnight. And then, like, yeah. the sun came up, and it was like, oh, it's election day. And we went oh, to yeah. go vote. And I went to the yeah. polling place. I'd never voted before. And mm -hmm. the guy at the, you know, with the rolls, the, he's like, where do you live? And I was like, I live in Oberlin. And he looked at me, right. he's like, we all live in Oberlin. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> and then I remember going in to vote. And um, that year, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it vividly. Uh, oh, yeah. There was a ballot initiative on the ballot. Mm-hmm to uh, whether or not to allow the grocery store to sell beer on Sundays. So oh, yeah. uh -huh. now those, I, don't, I know you're from California. There are tons of initiatives or propositions or whatever they oh, call God, them there. Yeah. yeah. But like uh -huh. those things are hard enough to understand when you're not recontemplating your place in the universe. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. So like yeah. I was just in the booth and yeah. like, if you had come into the polling place that first time when I voted at Oberlin, you would have just uh -huh. seen everyone, you know, quiet, solemn, doing their civic duty. But out of mm -hmm. the one booth that I was in, you would have just heard, you would have just heard like, <laughs> no, for like probably like half an hour, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. That's funny. That's funny. But because yeah, oh, yeah. of that. 
I have a strong uh-huh. connection to voting. Like I love voting just because, sure. you know, I just love the choosing. Yeah. Yeah. Choose. That's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I don't remember that initiative specifically, but I, but I do have a pretty clear memory of, of, of voting in that election. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I remember go, going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was in a, a church in, in, in Oberlin. Yeah. Where, the, uh, That's not how I remember it, but I'm, you know, okay. I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm yeah, the one who yeah. was on acid, so. Yeah, yeah, you might have gone to another one, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember. I was the one in like a subterranean cave, I think, with walls made of snakes. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was in the basement of a church. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, don't <laughs> don't remember the walls made of snakes, but hey, you know, yeah, maybe I just was. Really focused on other things at the time. Yeah, but but no, no, I yeah 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 I I uh, remember go, going into that that booth and actually thinking about okay, am I voting for Al Gore or Ralph Nader? Like you, you know, I, I I still had not totally made the decision, and and I made the decision in the uh, booth at the time because yeah you know we were we were voting in uh, Ohio, yeah which was a uh, swing state I mean you know our our votes actually did kind of matter a little more i think than than, yeah, than definitely. They would have in uh, many other states yeah so yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah no i mean if yeah right mm-hmm. t- totally yeah, yeah yeah no i mean that's but that's part of your like civic evolution is like right, you right. go into the booth and you think. Should I use my vote or should I waste it? And right, right. <laughs> you do. I mean, Ralph Nader, I mean, you know, like if he hadn't been on the ballot in Ohio, Al Gore right. would have won. You think so? In, well, um, it was very in, close. Um, um, Ohio? Well, I think. I, I didn't mean, we know can go it was back and that close in, in uh, Ohio. In, I mean, it in, wasn't in, as close as it election. was in Florida, but yeah, I think it was, yeah. I mean, you I mean, know. Florida, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was close in Ohio. I mean, it was within the percentage yeah. point. I think it was sure, within a margin sure. that was narrow, narrower than the number of votes that Nader got. So right. if I guess you have to assume that all of Nader's votes would have gone to Gore or. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that was. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely the uh, big argument that pro Nader people made was that, well, yeah, a lot of the people that voted for Nader just otherwise probably would not have voted at all. So, you know, it's. But you put the lie to that because you were in that booth. You were going to vote and you were deciding which one of these two I was, am I going to vote for. Yeah, yeah. But I but I um, ended up voting for Al Gore because you, I be, 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 because I was in a swing state. I think I think if I if I had been voting in my home state of Virginia in that election, I, I, I may have voted for Ralph Nader because Virginia at the time was a solid red state. No. Right. And now that that has that, that 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 is that has completely changed since then. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's yeah. it's so and it's so interesting that like to think back, uh, you know, twenty years, mm-hmm. and to think like, you know, we were just like all so fucking hyped up on the dude who insisted on cars having seat belts. Like we're right. just like I fucking love seat belts. <laughs> Like, I just like yeah. to think, like, people going to, you know, see Ralph Nader speak and then, like, asking him to sign their airbags and shit, you know, like, yeah. just oh, like yeah. this guy, this is my fucking, the seatbelt guy. That's my fucking right. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Such a weird place. I remember, do you remember Free Mumia? 
Oh yeah, yeah. there were all these yeah. to free Mumia. Yeah. Uh, Mumia, Mumia Abu Jamal, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. free yeah, Mumia. Yeah. It was like there was a yeah, a, yeah. a rally to free Mumia like every week, and then people would go to D.C. or wherever. You know, there'd be these big, and no one on campus ever mentioned like, oh yeah, but like that dude shot a cop. Like that yeah. wasn't even like that, yeah. <laughs> that didn't even matter. This guy's in jail. And he shouldn't be there. He needs to get out. There was like no dialogue. Oh yeah, no, that was the, yeah, that was one of the big causes celeb uh, in our college years. That and uh, closing down the uh, School of the Americas uh, was was another big one. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. um, we had to get rid of the uh, dining hall um, oh, operators yeah, yeah. because they also operated dining halls in prisons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Our, uh, our yeah, our uh, dining hall company. Yeah, uh, Sedexo Marriott. Sedexo uh, Marriott. Yeah, also financed private prisons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they financed private prisons or if they just had contracts with private prisons to. Oh, okay. Yeah. To yeah, provide yeah. food to the inmates, which I guess uh-huh. right. people think that social justice means that people who are unjustly incarcerated ought to starve as well i don't know i don't know what the uh, what the logic behind that is exactly yeah no that is uh that is a little spurious uh maybe <laughs> like i get that we don't need to be like you know incarcerating uh, so many people for nonviolent offenses but um right. if they are incarcerated surely they must eat right right well so yeah um should we be incarcerating people for nonviolent offenses? We don't know. But here's the next question. Should we be kicking people off Facebook for posting information about the pandemic that, uh, that may or may not be, be accurate? And, um, uh, yeah, uh, did you uh, look at that video, the uh, interview with uh, the great actor uh, Kevin Sorbo? Who, I um, did. Who recently got kicked off of Facebook, yeah, for just, you know, posting information, questioning the, the dominant narrative about the uh, coronavirus. And, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I did. you think that that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a fair reason to, to kick somebody off Facebook? Or, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know, like, uh, I mean, I think that, it's hard to it's hard to come to grips with living in a world where Hercules doesn't have a Facebook page. I mean, that just sort of seems, yeah. you know, it seems like uh, when we chose to be born into these physical bodies, that's not necessarily what um, we were signing up for. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough, man. I mean, I, of course I don't think that Kevin Sorbo should lose his Facebook page because he's an idiot. I mean, it's not a crime to, like, (laughs) believe bullshit. Um, But then it's also not uh, your civil right to have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So, I I don't know. I mean, I think that, um, that these people, these Zuckerbergs, all these Zuckerbergs who are now sort of in charge of the infrastructure of our communication... Um, Mm -hmm. they have that problem I was talking about with the gods creating, you know, human intelligence, um, where it's like, once it's 
been done, it can't really be undone. And yet it's very difficult to control it. In fact, it seems like <coughs> it's impossible and these people are not up to the task. So mm -hmm. I don't, it's impossible for me to feel sorry for them because I view them basically as, as uh, soulless leeches on the uh, human psyche. But right. I don't know what I would do if I were in their soulless shoes. I don't know. Right, right. What mm -hmm. do you think? Okay. I'm, I'm interested in your take on the whole thing. I, I, you know, I don't really feel bad for Kevin Sorbo and I don't really feel bad for Mark Zuckerberg, but I do feel bad. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that this is just another instance of something similar to what happened with uh, Gina Carano. And by the way, we will get to um, Gina Carano We're not gonna once do... again. And yeah, we should just <laughs> make a, sure to a, a always talk here. about Gina Carano Absolutely. on the podcast. Absolutely, but but yeah, so 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 yeah. I mean, I think that you know the 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 thing with Kevin Sorbo getting kicked off of Facebook uh, because he's yeah posting more right wing views about you know the you know alternative theories about the coronavirus or whatever. You know, from the perspective of you know, Facebook or whatever, you know, people might think, well, yeah, you know, he's putting out bad information and we don't want that and we're just trying to police that. But I really think that, once again, this, the, the, the biggest consequence of this is just that this, like, reinforces uh, the uh, right wing's narrative about, about cancel culture. I mean, Ke yep. Kevin Sor, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin Sorbo gets kicked off of Facebook, so so then he gets to go on to to you know Fox Business uh, Channel and talk about how how he's being persecuted and uh, and you know and he's and he is not wrong. I mean he might you know you could argue that maybe he's being a little melodramatic about you know t t talking about how much he's being persecuted, but I mean he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's yeah. not wrong. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, he was also talking about, I mean, I think it really is a broader cultural thing where the tech companies are allied with the, um, whatever the center of the Democratic Party is, basically. Whatever mm -hmm. that sort of mainstream narrative is, the tech platforms are allied with those people. And, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it's, it's kind of a broader cultural thing. And it, he also talked about how, you know, in Hollywood, he can't, you know, he can't get jobs because of his right. political views. And right. so it's not right. just about him losing his Facebook page. It's 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 that's part of a larger puzzle where there's a sort of like uh, political purity test mm -hmm. being imposed on people to participate in like whole industries. And it's, right. you know, you hear a lot from um, conservative people in Hollywood about how hard it is to be a conservative in Hollywood. And yeah. maybe that's true, um, but it wasn't always like that. I mean, I remember a time yeah. when Clint Eastwood would speak at the Republican National Convention. I remember a time when Arnold Schwarzenegger would speak at the Republican National Convention and everything was fine. Yeah. Um, so it's new and it does have this sort of chilling effect and it has this divisive effect and it does reinforce this broader narrative of persecution which i think you rightly said is accurate so right. yeah um yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know 
as we were talking about uh, off mic beforehand, uh, you know, the yeah, the big sort of thing that people were talking about at the recent CPAC convention over the weekend was uh, cancel culture and so forth. And um, you it was know, a rallying cry. The, yeah, 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 a a, a total uh, yeah um, rallying cry. And so I think that the most effective way to combat the right wing. Um, rhetoric about cancel culture is to actually stop canceling people. Um, I think if, you know, but of course that means that we have to actually deal with these people and have dialogues with them. Oh no. Yeah. 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 Which, uh, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also think that the reason to do it, I mean, right. is not just to counter the right wing narrative of sure persecution. It's because it is wrong. Yeah, it is yeah. like not it is the world that the, we want want to live in. Yeah, the, the yeah the actual right thing to do is to allow everybody to have their voices heard, and you know the I, I mean sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? I, I mean you know stupid ideas when 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 you know put 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 out into the um, you know public square will be exposed to stupid. I mean, I, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there have been some recent events that, that, that may challenge that a little bit. I, I, I mean, I, I still have to believe that, 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 uh, that is true. Um, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, all of this QAnon stuff, I mean, I mean, the reason that it's, that it's been able to sort of flourish is because it's been sort of pushed underground. Uh, Verboten. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get out, get out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's sort of right in line with the the uh, Bill Maher had a rant on this, which I know you wanted to talk right. about. Right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I mean it's really. I mean, his basic point was like you have to stand your ground against mm-hmm. you know the sort yes. of like online virtue signaling hysteria, which is really, I really think it is kind of like the new McCarthyism. You know, I mean, it's like the the last time that, you know, Hollywood and the culture tried to clamp down on a particular viewpoint. It was a left wing viewpoint and now it's a right wing viewpoint. But we should stand firm on the principle that we don't uh, that we don't police thought and that we don't um, criminalize viewpoints. We only criminalize behavior. Now, mm-hmm. these people haven't been criminalized. They've just been denied a livelihood. But, you know, people denied a livelihood are likely to turn to crime, are they not? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it is it is definitely at least symbolic. <coughs> and and so, you know, I mean, once again, yeah, I mean, with the, with the whole Gina Carano issue, I, I, I mean, the, the, the thing I do respect about her, you know, I mean, even if I disagree with her views, I respect the fact that when when people were like sort of jumped on her and were like hey those those views are problematic please 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 apologize for posting that she was like no no i'm not going to yeah and, dude what yeah. what is this obsession with insisting on apologies from people who are obviously not sorry right that exactly. used to drive me yeah. crazy when i was a fucking kid go apologize oh, yeah. to your brother but i'm not i'll say it but right. i don't mean it so what sure. good, like what kind of sick satisfaction do you get out of somebody lying? You're like right. forcing right. somebody to lie. What is that like some kind of sexual fetish? What the mm-hmm. fuck is that? 
I just yeah. want to hear somebody yeah. apologize insincerely. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Say, say you're doing some soul searching. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I'm coming. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. that? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just to kind of round out this discussion, you know, and and do our weekly Gina Carano update. So now, um, Henry Cavill, uh, <laughs> who who uh, erstwhile uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, who has played Superman. Um, he is now getting flack because I think 10 years ago he dated Gina Carano. And so now people want him to apologize for, for doing that. Um, which, um, yeah, you know, again, <laughs> I mean, the ridiculousness, the ridiculousness of this, I think, speaks for itself. But... People have actually posted a photograph, and I mean, to me, this is kind of funny because I, yeah, I just recently, uh, yeah, finished watching that show, the uh, the the, the uh, boys, and so people have posted a photograph of yeah. So there's a character on the boys uh, called um, um, Homelander, who is basically like an evil version of Superman, um, and he is, and, and on the show, that character is in a relationship with this other character, Stormfront. Who is this? Who is this uh, female superhero? Who it turns out was actually was actually a Nazi back in the day, and and, and she, is it, yeah, so she's like over like um, 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 one hundred years old, uh, and um, yeah, and so there's just a photograph of Homelander and and Stormfront uh, making out, and people are saying, oh yeah, well that's 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 uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Gina Carano, uh, you know, they're they're just drawing the comparison there, and you know it's it's you know kind of funny uh and i mean it's it, it is one of those things that, that that is almost sort of um a little too perfect in a way but on the other hand it is i think a completely unfair comparison so, yeah well, that's yeah. pretty hilarious i didn't sort of understand all of the intricacies of the uh of the comparison there because i i haven't seen the boys but um yeah i uh i mean it's so like the fact that people are calling on on Henry Cavill to apologize for like dating Gina Carano is like first of all it assumes that like he even disagrees with her which right i don't think there's any reason to believe that i mean it's like what did she even do she she made right. a bad analogy she lost her job for making right. a bad analogy an analogy which like by her losing her job over it makes it look slightly less bad than it seemed initially right and on you know, and, and and sort of to um, go off of that, how do we know that ten years ago Gina Carano even had these same views? And even if she did, how do we know that that was something that she and Henry Cavill talked about? You know. Yeah, I mean, we also, yeah. you know, in matters of the heart, I mean, I don't, you know, it's not uh, not necessarily a political endorsement. You know the. Uh, the heart wants what the heart wants. The loins want what the loins want, and um, sure. they don't get bogged down in uh, uh, pronouns and uh, you know and uh, Holocaust references and all of that. They uh, right. they want what they want, and um, you know who knows what Henry Cavill's politics are even. But uh, he yeah. has not apologized, right? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
what would that what would that apology look like? <laughs> I'm sorry that ten years ago I <laughs> I dated this woman that has all of a sudden become problematic for stupid reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean that really is like the mild like that's just like a I mean I think Duncan I think people just need shit to do like yeah this sort of uh, you know like this sort of recreational this outrageous sport you know this uh let people go play basketball or fucking you know just get everyone vaccinated and, and let's let's get them out there and maybe a lot of this stuff will go away i don't know yeah 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 no people people need um things to do and um to what extent are we free to choose what we have to do Okay, that's a great segue. And, oh, uh, we can talk about free will? Free will. So, yeah, you know, last week we talked about free will some, and just to kind of take a peek behind the curtain, you know, we don't we don't really do a lot of planning for these episodes ahead of time. So, you know, this was something we just sort of decided can, to do. You can throw me under the bus. I sprung it on you at the very last minute. <laughs> I tried did, to pick you and, into, you know, uh, as, as, as somebody with, with a Ph.D. in philosophy... I feel like I should at least be able to bullshit my way through any philosophical I, topic. And I think you a did a little well. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but that's uh, what I know. was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make you figured, dance, Duncan. That's right. That's right. So you know, I figured maybe I would. We we, we would we would sort of re- return to it uh, with at least a little more preparation, although not not uh, that much more. But um, so. Well, yeah, I did some reading. We, I mean, that's okay. You made good. me do some yeah. very, very heavy philosophical reading. There, there were numbers. There were abbreviations. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a little headache when I started, and I promise you, it didn't help. So, um, okay. <clears throat> so I think we did a lot more preparation. So okay. Good. Good. Break this shit down for me, Duncan, because I read. I just want to say you sent it to me, and uh-huh. it was a PDF, and I thought, oh, nine nine pages, no problem. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. turns out it's 18 pages because each page is two pages and that's each true. sentence has to be read four times in order to understand what it's saying. So, um, that's true. That's it did true. take me a little bit longer than I thought it would take me. Yeah. Initially. Okay. Well, well, good, good. Well, yeah. So, you know, before we get into, yeah, the, the content of the article article specifically, you know, I mean, just a couple of things I wanted to talk about with free will generally. So, you know, yeah, the uh, the main issue philosophically with, with, with free will, as far as I can understand, is basically, you know, there's there's the issue of yeah, you know, to 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 uh, what extent are we are we free to choose our actions, and to what extent are our actions determined by outside factors? And there's basically two different sorts of um, positions on this, uh, there are the positions of compatibilism and incompatibilism. And so, you know, the, the, the issue within the philosophical literature is not so much wh- whether or not we are free. I mean, I think just about every philosopher wants to believe that, you know, we do have at least some freedom, but it's just to what extent does our freedom um, conflict with external factors causing our actions. And so, you know, those philosophers who think that there is no essential conflict between the fact that our actions are determined by outside forces and, and the fact that we have freedom, those, those are, those are uh, compatibilists, 
Okay, so they think that free will is compatible with events being determined. Okay, and um, and one interesting sort of thought experiment that I that I came across with this um, was uh, a thought experiment by this guy Harry Frankfurt, um, who is actually most f- familiar to me as the guy who wrote an essay called On Bullshit. Um, okay. And he's 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 a very um, renowned philosopher, uh, and and he has the, he has this interesting thought experiment. So, let's say that um, you know, you come to me, and I'm 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 a brain surgeon, right? And you 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 come to me for for a um, procedure, and while I'm doing this um, procedure on you, I I I insert some sort of device into your brain. Um, and so let's say that um, in, in this last election, you know, Biden versus Trump, you know, so I am I am very much a Biden supporter. And let's say that I want you as my patient to also be a Biden supporter. OK. And so if if I if I get any indication that you're actually going to vote for Trump, then I'm going to. Um, activate this device that I've installed in your brain, and I'm going to force it, f- f- force you to um, go over to vi- voting for Biden instead. Okay, so in that sense, I am controlling you. But if 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 it turns out that just you are actually going to vote for Biden, then I do nothing. So this is the issue of if we have free will. Does free will require us to be able to to have have the option to do otherwise than we actually have done? According to this example, no, free will doesn't necessarily mean that because in this example, if you, if you're just going to vote for, for 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 Biden anyway, then that is your own free choice. But if it turns out that that that, that you were going to vote for Trump, then I force you to vote for Biden. Mm-hmm. Then, so, so this is sort so, of head so, you heads heads I win tails you lose kind of thing, sort of like yeah, yeah 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 you have you have freedom you have freedom to do what I want you to do. That's right. That's right. Yeah yeah. So you know, as yeah yeah as long as you're doing what 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 I what I want you to do anyway. Yeah, let, you're free. Let, let me ask you this: this device mm-hmm. that he's inserting into my brain, it isn't by any right. chance uh, a blotter tab of acid, is it? Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm not familiar with the intricate neurochemistry, uh, involved here, but yeah, it, uh, it, uh, could be that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a compatibilist viewpoint that it's, it is compatible that I have free will and that the outcome is determined because in 50% say of the, um, of the cases, um, running this particular thought experiment, I would be acting freely of my own volition, so that I have, so that I have some freedom. I don't have complete freedom, but I have some well, freedom as long as it is compatible with what was going to happen anyway. Is that right? Well, yeah. So, 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 so yeah. I mean, this is the compatibilist perspective versus the incompatibilist perspective, which which says that um, free will and determinism are not, are not compatible with each other. In order to have true freedom, you always need to have the ability to do otherwise than, than you will do. And, and, and so the issue basically comes down to, does freedom amount to the ability to do otherwise, or just, does it just amount to the fact that 
your actions come from yourself. Okay, and so, and so for for the compatibilist, it's just well, as long as your actions come from yourself, you're free. Maybe, may, maybe you, maybe you don't have the option to do otherwise. But but as long as as long as you feel that you know your actions do are were were the result of your own free choice, then then, then you are free. Um, yeah. But in this thought experiment, if you activate the mm-hmm. device, right. Th- then I'm not free when the device is activated. That's right. If you if you if you want to vote for Trump and I activate the device and force you to vote for Biden, then you're not free. But if you want to vi- if, if 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 you just want to vote for Biden, then I do nothing and you are free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah so, so so yeah uh-huh well no i don't know i i guess that doesn't seem like freedom to me right okay um so so it sounds like you are an incompatibilist you think that freedom freedom only exists if you you have the option to do otherwise than you than you do I guess so. I never thought of myself mm-hmm. as an incompatibilist, but right, to right. me, I mean, I have no logical argument other than that doesn't sound like freedom. Sure. Like well, when you say I mean, that, you I mean, maybe mm-hmm. this is a semantic point, but like if you say you're you're free, uh, you're free to do as you choose, so long as you choose to do the only thing, you know, that could possibly have happened doesn't sound right. like freedom to me freedom sounds like yeah it sounds like you have uh another choice and you picked one and that's what you did right mm-hmm. right right well yeah yeah and, and and i mean you know not to get too much in the weeds on these uh, on this debate but yeah i mean you know the, the the little research i did uh did go into the fact that yeah there is a dispute between people over whether freedom amounts to freedom of action so you know in in any situation do you have the freedom to do one thing rather than another or does freedom amount to actual freedom of willing in terms of actual freedom of desire so it's like you know in a particular situation you want to do something so if you want to do something then obviously you're going to do that. You're not going to do the thing that you, that you don't want to do. But does are 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 you only free if you all are also free to want something different, right? From right. from from uh, from uh, what what you actually want. And so that's that that and and, and so the sort of in, the incompatibilist position, as far as I understand it, is that. It's it's sort of that deeper level of freedom where, where where you would be able to even change your desires, and not just your action. Right. That's I mean that's the problem that I have with free will. Sure. Is it it yeah. seems like I'm doing as I choose in any given situation in terms of freedom of action, um, <clears throat> you know, with with the obvious physical constraints of the world that I live in. Um, sure. Sure. But yeah. I don't have control over what over what thoughts come into my head right and to the extent that i can control my thoughts right i don't have any control over that decision to control so if i i can direct my thoughts in a certain direction but wherever that comes from 
that right. spark, that initial choice to say, okay, I want to focus on this. Mm-hmm. I don't see how I have control over that. And I think right, right. that this is the basic argument that, that I've heard that makes me mm-hmm. feel like we do not truly have free will. Right, yeah, and that's and that's largely, I think, what what uh, Sam Harris talks about in his book on the subject is that I mean, if you if you accept the basic scientific fact that every event is caused by something else, then uh, there is no what I mean. What 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 you want to think of as free will cannot exist because every single thing that you do is caused by some other thought you had and that thought was caused by something else and uh, so on and so forth and 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 I mean and, and uh, he goes so far as to say well yeah I mean if you had the exact same life experience as Jeffrey Dahmer then you would have done the same exact things that Jeffrey Dahmer did right assuming that you also have the same genetic makeup and the and right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which you also have zero control over. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. And and I think he sort of marshals that argument as a way to sort of uh, invite us to have more empathy, actually, for, for, for criminals and so forth, because it's like, yeah, you know, the, uh, the sort of, I guess, um, basic perspective is to look at look at criminals and you know point your finger at them and say those are horrible people i can't i can't imagine how they would have done such things but but his his argument is that well the reason they did those things is because of their life experiences and you just didn't have those same life experiences but if you did you would have done the same thing as they did or or it's the same thing with this sort of online outrage where like right <clears throat> how dare you express those views? Well, if right. you had lived the exact same life experience as this other person and you had the exact same predispositions as this other person, you too would have, would have those exact same views because people don't choose their views. Right, right. Yeah, and Definitely. I think that, that, I mean, that's kind of like why I'm so interested in a more than academic sense in the issue of free will is when it comes to punishment. When it comes to consequences. Now, Mm -hmm. if we live in a deterministic universe that is incompatible with free will, and um, and then I think, you know, um, punishment makes sense as a corrective, you know, and it makes Mm -hmm. sense as a protective. So it makes sense if it if it can if you can punish somebody in such a way that it affects their life experience that it changes their behavior output, then that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And right, right. if someone is just so truly dangerous, somebody has some sort of neurological um, makeup that causes them to be a sociopath or a serial killer, then it makes sense to, it's not really punishment, but it's just separating them from society because they can't play mm-hmm. well with others. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's the, um, it's the, uh, the um, vengeance aspect of justice that right. is not compatible with an understanding of of uh, of of humans lacking free will and and that's that's right. i think a large element of criminal justice is that it's mm-hmm. you know is that it is uh, oh well for the for the victim for you know restitution right. for the victim sure sure but if we no. don't have free will then that doesn't make any sense mhm 
yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it it uh, it uh, would not make any sense to to have restorative justice for the for the victim if the crimes committed against the victim were not the result of freedom in the first place. Agreed. That's my yeah. that's my proposition. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I think it still makes sense to have. Um, protective justice for society, and it still makes sense right. to have rehabilitative justice for for the criminal. But I think right. that that the lack of free will um, makes uh, makes restitution um, mm-hmm. uh, illogical. Am I wrong? Yeah. Well, no. I yeah. I mean, I think that. Yeah, I think that unless the criminal, him or herself, expresses a desire to want to make restitution, I think it is, in some in in some sense, a kind of useless thing to sort of make them. Hey, you know, yeah, I'm 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 I mean, just like you were talking about earlier with you know, making somebody apologize for something, right? Clearly, the apology you're going to get is not going to be a sincere apology. So. What's the point of that? Yeah, right. And yeah, um, yeah. I may be using restitution wrong. I may mean is it is there yeah. a difference? Is restitution when you make when you make amends with somebody? I guess I mean, um, I guess I mean vengeance, or. Well, yeah. I mean, vengeance is yeah. That's that's a slightly different thing, um, but. Um, but to put somebody yeah. uh-huh. to put somebody away for a longer period of time, say, because, um, you know, for, uh, because what they did was so bad and it gives relief to the, uh, to the victim, I think is not, if, if the person doesn't have free will, I think that doesn't make any sense. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Well, Mike, at this point we are uh, we are at a crossroads, um, and you know whether or not we have free will, you know we can at least make a decision right now of uh, whether or not we want to get into this article that I made you read that gave you a, an even bigger headache than you already had, uh, or if we want to table that for um, a future episode. The Stephen T. Davis, Free Will yeah. and Evil. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah. it's probably, so to get into this article in depth, we have to yeah. get into the problem of evil. That's right, yeah. And which is, which uh, is a whole other issue, so, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> I think what we ought to do is we ought to save um, this for next week. Okay. And um, I'll make it relate to the, to the rest of the episode. But let's open next week with um, more free will and the, okay, and the problem great. of evil. Is that cool? Yeah. So Because I just don't think we we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to do it justice in the amount of time we have left. No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Next week, we will conclude our free will trilogy. That's right. <laughs> our free willy trilly. <laughs> Save the whales. Are there three free willy movies? I know there is there's, definitely there's, two. Yeah, there's probably more uh, if you include the uh, direct-to-video uh, market. Yeah. Oh, I always include the direct-to-video market. That's all that there is yeah, now. Yeah. 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Great, man. Well, um, yeah. great talking to you. As usual, we have solved nothing. Yeah. And, nope. um, um, but it's been fun. Yeah, it has been. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to our ramblings. And, uh, yeah, again, please, uh, please contact us at thecomedianandthephilosopher at gmail.com for any questions, comments, um, ideas for what you want the next five to ten episodes of this show to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, basically, if you want to produce and direct this show, um, you have that power. Um, Absolutely. And with great power, in this case, comes absolutely no responsibility. So just write in and uh, tell us what you'd like to hear us uh, meander through, and we will do it. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless.